Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Troy Talks uh, here. Uh, I'm excited about another great episode. Uh, my special guest, let me tell you about who I have uh, today on this particular uh, interview. Uh, she's originally from uh, Mississippi. Uh, she has lived in five Southern states uh, in 15 different homes serving, serving churches. Uh, with her pastor and also her pastor's her husband, owning and operating a tea room. And she's now a, a realtor in the state of North Carolina. Uh, the common thread throughout her life is building real community where she has lived and in the home with eight children. I just have one, so she has eight uh, in, in, in the churches and in her business. She knows the value of belonging and understands people's and need to be claimed, chosen, loved, acknowledged, and invested in, powerful, and made for greatness. Uh, so I wanna introduce to some and, pre uh, and present to others, uh, Miss Dia Irby. See, I almost messed up your name. <laughs> oh, Dia, thank you for joining me. So, uh, 15 states, eight children, and so for those that don't know, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, I wanna talk a little bit about this, but every time she moved, uh, uh, she had a bundle of joy to come uh, out. So uh, Dio, how was that? Just, uh, you know, first of all, tell a little bit about yourself and then tell us about uh, every time you moved, you had a new, uh, you had a new baby. <laughs> this is true. I, gave away baby equipment every every time we had a big move after four okay. and we were good we moved to pensacola you know that place right and we added the three musketeers i call them 86 88 and 90 every odd year we had a boy oh wow and when we moved from Pensacola, because we had seven, seven is the number of completion or the perfect number. Right. And we moved back to, you know, we moved to our first time in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And because we moved eight no, years no. after that one, <laughs> the last one, in 98, we had the bundle of joy bonus baby, Malia. Number eight. eight, and she happened to be a happy birthday present for her brother, number six. Wow. Eight. All of my children born on September 22nd have red hair and freckles. Oh, wow. That's the only two I have with red hair and freckles were both born on September 22nd. So wait a minute, hold on. So you have to celebrate two birthdays on the 6th and the 8th. Uh, uh, number six child, number eight child are born on September 22nd. Wow. However, there's even more. See, I'm thinking God knew I couldn't remember so many birthdays. Right. <laughs> so the first one of the first batch. Right. And the first one of the second batch, those uh -huh. three musketeers, they both have the same birthday, October 14th. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. So you have two. Yeah, I got children. rhythm. I got rhythm. You have two sets of children that have the same birthdays. Wow. <laughs> Birthday twins, 11 years apart and 10 years apart. Wow. And when I had the joy of finding my news about number eight, 
Um, yes, I, I call it the, well, I don't want to insult people and say it's the June from hell. It was the June of challenges. The first week of June, my father passed away and our oldest daughter graduated from college. The second wow. week of June, one of my sons graduated from high school. And the last week of June was one of my son's birthdays, my dad's birthday that he wasn't there to celebrate. My daughter was getting married. Our oldest daughter was getting married and I was pregnant. Wow. <laughs> so I got to get a mother of the bride maternity dress. Wow. So, so you had a lot of emotions going on then. I mean, when, I, and, and you yeah. know, the hormones are well, right. You right. have one child. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> One's yeah. all it takes to introduce a husband to the uh, female hormones right. of pregnancy. <laughs> yes. So that was happening. And that was just a fun time to really look for a better source than yourself or true, people true. around you true, a true. bigger source now let me let me let me i, I want to ask something here because you said that your uh your your daughter left for college and your father's passed so she graduated from college graduated. now was she living at home when she uh, no she was she was not okay so you had events that were, were were stressful her graduating you're trying to make sure you be there and then you issue with your father and and you were pregnant at the time too right so i didn't get to go to her graduation okay wow because it oh. was in georgia and my dad and my family was in mississippi okay so i had to support my mom okay and my husband and maybe some of the other kids, you know, it's almost a fog. Yeah. I'm curious, what was what were you feeling? What were your emotions? Because you had to be there to support your mom. Your daughter was graduating. This was something spectacular with her. Did you have feelings of guilt? What, what were, if you if you remember, what was going on with you at that time? Well, I do remember calling it the June from hell. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, it it's one of those moments in the middle of the storm mm -hmm. that you look to the source, the, the source that yeah. calms it. Right. Right. Be still storm. Right. And even though all of this can be going on outside, right. Inside, it was midnight on a dark a four lane highway. Mm -hmm. I was almost home, driving home minutes from ending someone's life wow. to someone's. Mm -hmm. My mom was with me in the van. Mm -hmm. I can still smell her Estee Lauder perfume. Mm -hmm. I saw from a side street, bright headlights mm -hmm. come into the intersection and crash. And we spun around mm -hmm. and I thought I'd killed my mother. And wow. Like, Mom. And under the airbag, mm -hmm. I heard, yeah, a moan. Mm -hmm. oh, she's alive. But I could tell she'd broken her collarbone and my chest hurt. Mm -hmm. I, I got out of the car and this man came up from behind me and said, I saw the whole thing. Are you okay? They just came right in front of you. I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. I've already called 911. 
and steam was coming out of the engine of my van like smoke from campfire coals that doused with water. And I looked up and saw the dangling dead traffic signal. Mm -hmm. It was really dark and all the street lights were out. There was no light at this intersection. Then I scanned the area and saw the crumpled up, looked like a crushed soda can, a car leaning up against a fence. I, and then all the paramedics and police arrived and it was a cacophony of sound and, and lights and, and signals and, and I watched as they pulled two bodies from the crumpled metal and laid them on the grass. Wow. I, it was, it was an accident. It was an accident. It took weeks before they officially declared it an accident. No jail time. No vehicular homicide charges, but I had to live with the knowledge that two people had left this earth, their lives ended. Mm -hmm. And I accepted or realized that there is someone bigger, right? There's someone that calms the storm, there's someone that has all of our days in that book of life. True. Every day is numbered and only he knows and he determines the when, the how, and the where those days end. I, I also realized that just a split second, a fraction of a second, not even a whole second, if it would have meant 10 feet. And if I had entered that intersection, just a split second sooner, True. I would have been the one hit and killed. I'm still here to live out my purpose. And I hope to live more life for those people who left the earth that day. So let me, so it took them a while. So, so were they, now the guy seen it. So you had a witness, they hit you, right? I hit them. Oh, you hit them. Okay. Okay. Because they pulled right in front of me, but gotcha. here's the okay. thing. They were from out of town, mm -hmm. seven people squished into a five person vehicle okay they were in town to celebrate a family birthday wow they were unfamiliar with the area mm -hmm. and they had no idea they were driving into an intersection on a four lane there was no traffic signal mm -hmm. there were no street lights mm -hmm. it was all dark and they had to investigate and check and find out okay. was there really no light was you know there, I didn't even have any skid marks. 
that's the kind of trust you have to have in someone bigger. Yeah, that's true. That's the only way you can deal with the June from hell <laughs> or ending people's lives yeah. accidentally. You know, I have a relative that uh, this happened a couple of years ago that was uh, driving and uh, they was driving uh, a, a tractor trailer and they were driving for work and uh, a female ran out in the street uh, and, you know, they slammed on brakes. Uh, witnesses said, hey, it wasn't anything he could do. And so, um, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, do, do you think you need uh, to go to counseling or something? Does it, does it bother you? And so my same question to you, did it bother you that knowing that we know it wasn't your fault, but that just two people died? How did that affect you? Well, I'll tell you, um, the only way I could deal with it was just like I said, realizing that their days were numbered in the book of life. Mm -hmm. And it had been my assignment mm -hmm. as the how, but it still, I can still see them lying in the grass. Mm -hmm. I still see the light coming from the corner of my eye. Mm -hmm. And this was Memorial Day weekend, 20 plus years ago. Okay. And I am just now talking about it to other wow. people. Yeah, that's huge. Because um, I've always known, but when you realize that I could have died too. I mean, true, instead. True, true, right. So you have to accept that i mean that it, it's just how god can bring you through something and if there's anybody that thinks something so terrible has happened accidentally that they can't deal with you can because god calms that storm he says you know tells the wind to be still and that is how you can you know I look back over all those moves and I, I don't think I even told you about the time that we were, my husband had taken a new job and we were moving. He'd already started his job and I was helping pack up the house. Mm -hmm. We sold the house mm -hmm. and we'd already moved some of our belongings to storage, mostly so the house looked emptier mm -hmm. and uh, he came <laughs> I'd sent out change of address cards, right? Right. So everybody knew where we were going to be. And he got home with the moving van. And one of our sons was there to help, I think, older ones. And he goes, um, I, need to, I need to talk to you about something. I'm like, okay, what is it? He said, well, um, on the way here from there I stopped at my old my hometown and saw my buddies at the school and talked to them and well and the bottom line is we're moving but we're not going there we're moving somewhere else oh wow <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. how how do you how do you deal with that yeah 
you put your hands in the hands like that old song and maybe you're not old enough and maybe I'm dating myself put your hands in the hands of the man that calmed the waters right. put your hands in the hands of the man that calmed the sea right that any question you have about how like how at 45 I found myself pregnant again <laughs> wow um put your hands in the hands of the man and during that selling our house we uh -huh. when my husband took the new job we had the same expenses and half the salary so I was literally I can tell you one night I stood at the kitchen and all we had was a loaf of bread and some peanut butter uh -huh. And I had made sandwiches. Everybody got a sandwich. There were five at home at this time. Okay. Or four, four, four mm -hmm. at home. Um, and one of my sons who ended up playing football. So you can just imagine a lineman coming up to you. <laughs> I'm still hungry. So I took the heel of the loaf, which was the only slice left, mm -hmm. and got the spatula and scraped out whatever peanut butter I could. And I put it on that sam one piece of bread and folded it in half and gave right. it to me. And then I sent him to bed. And I, I had a meltdown. I can just totally hear the disciples saying when Jesus was asleep on the ship, you know, hey, don't you even care? Right. I just had this meltdown i you know i know that we're not supposed to be afraid that uh, of of our daily bread oh right. give us this day our daily bread right that's a fair prayer right yeah the next day i'm not making this up i go get my mail out of my mailbox and there is a fresh baked home-baked loaf of bread in a box in my mailbox mm. mailed, <laughs> mailed it was supposed to be sent a long time before that mm -hmm. but i guess maybe i hadn't God, prayed the prayer god supplied the need you know one one thing uh the uh, i i and, I, and and God really showed me this just within the last uh, few months. We say that we love God and we trust him. So what God does is create situations to really see that you trust him. And, and, and you know, we'll say, I trust God, I trust God. And until God creates the situations to put us in a predicament that we really have to trust him, we really don't trust him until we go through those situations. Well, it's like I could stand here and say, I can pick up those barbells. I can do right. that. Right. Sure. I, I can do that. Right. But unless I start picking them up yeah, and right. working on my muscles, I'm not going to build up to whatever right. weight that I say I can do. Same thing. It's it's a muscle. It's a, a faith muscle, a trust right. muscle. And you're exactly right. If we hadn't I'm, had an opportunity to exercise, it's not going to be built. True. I'm still I'm still stuck on the, the accident. Now, here's another question I got. The other people in the vehicle, how did they treat you? The other people that... We never 
we never crossed, never saw them. Okay. I never got there. I know that the driver, I think, was the mom of the group. She broke some bones and was in the hospital for mm -hmm. a while. Mm -hmm. But uh, I prayed for them. Yeah. I. It was a, it, I legally I was really, you know, it was suggested that I not. Yeah. Until everything was decided. Yeah. And I'm sure that was hard because just you and knowing who you are and you care and you, uh, you're a, a God fearing Christian woman you, to stay away. It was hard for you, but mm -hmm. you had to follow also the, the advice of a legal because it could cause complications. Right. Yeah. I, and I couldn't, um, I, I didn't know who they were or where I, they yeah. were from out of town, New York, New Jersey, somewhere. And I was in Georgia. So, uh, yeah. What they made you, what made you start talking about it? What, 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 what was the, the thing that made you start talking about it? I know you say it's been 20 years and, and what happened to call you to start talking about it? It is because of the storytelling and we'll come back around to that the storytelling workshop it because i want to take an opportunity to speak mm -hmm. be a speaker mm -hmm. share whatever message i can to people that helps them and mm -hmm. wherever they are um and uh, signed up for this workshop and they want you to develop your personal story okay and you're told to pick your personal story. What is the story you don't want to tell? Hmm. Because if you, well, let me ask you, what did you, and I, I, maybe you don't want to say this, but how did that make you feel about me listening to this story? Did you feel like you, you know me better or uh, that uh, I showed I was vulnerable. Do you know, like, and trust me because I've shared that? Well, I think for me, it showed me your vulnerability. It showed me because I'm trying to. I'm what I'm trying to do is put myself in your shoes and figure out how I would feel if I was if I was you, and that happened to me. That's why I was asking. Uh, you know, did you did you know the people? Did you try to? Did they? How did they treat you? And how did you respond? And that's why I was asking those questions because I'm just trying to put myself in Dia's shoes. How would Troy respond? How would I react? Would I break down? Would I blame myself? That's what I'm. Uh, what, what I what I what was going through my mind. Well, and that is exactly the effect it's supposed to have. Yeah, you, it is supposed to prompt in you help you be where I am so mm -hmm. you can see yourself in it and how yeah. would you deal with it and ask those exact questions. Mm -hmm. People people will listen to and trust someone that's not perfect. True, true. But here's the, here's the clue. If you ever want to tell one of your stories you don't want to tell, you have to wait till <laughs> or tell a story that you end up being a victor from. Okay. Okay. Don't, don't tell but, the story but, but, and leave yourself bummed out. Okay. Uh, but, but I, I think, I think, so let me ask you this. So 
the true story that makes the greatest impact. You tell me if I'm if I'm hearing this correctly. The true story that will make the greatest impact is the story that you don't want to tell. Because you were at the lowest point, point. in your life. But if you are no longer at the lowest point of your life, mm -hmm. then people want to know how did you come from that lowest point in your life? How did you, when I'm talking about community, I grew up in a small Mississippi town. Like I think we talked about, you yeah. know, it's like Cheers, the TV show. Everybody knows your name. <laughs> and that's a good thing because you feel like you belong. It's a bad thing because your Aunt Pat will tell your mom if right. you do something wrong. Right. Right? <laughs> and, uh, but it was very safe and secure. And I had a real strong sense of belonging. Then after my husband got his seminary degree and we moved to start a church in central Florida, 13 hours away from anybody or anything, I was lost. I was in the pit of depression, sad, because I didn't know who I was. When I would say, hey, I'm, I'm Dia, they, you know, I used to be, I'm Dia McCroy. And they go, oh, I know your, your granddaddy. He used to be, I know your baby. And right. then in Florida, hi, I'm Dia Irby. And they go, huh, so? Right. <laughs> like, right. I don't, have a... But what it made me do is separate myself from any identity on the outside mm -hmm. and dig into the Psalms of scripture. Okay. And read things like God collects the tears in his bottle, your tears in his bottle, and begin to know that I where my real identity and real belonging is. And anybody can feel totally an outcast because at any time, because everybody that's on the hierarchy of needs. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is belonging. That's true. And, 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 you, and you made me think about, you know, it, it, it calls you to, to really to, Psalms came a reality. It, oh. It, it, it became uh, not just uh, uh, something you read, it became a reality because what, what many people don't understand, uh, uh, out of the 66 books, most of those books is uh, God speaking to man, but Psalms is mostly a book of man speaking to God. So mm -hmm. it made you to dig deep and start speaking those particular uh, areas in the Psalms to God because it became a reality. Right. Verses like, why are, you, why are you in despair, oh my soul? Right. Open God, for I shall again praise him. Right. And it, 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 I mean, David struggled too. Right, true. He, he did. He, put it all in there yeah, and, sure. and to be able to so in there's probably at least one or two other people that have struggled with feeling alone right true <laughs> so so if i'm vulnerable and tell that as a new pastor's wife i felt totally lost i do remember in one of our very first church meetings to get things started i'm looking around and going is this just a game we're playing? <laughs> and I had to dig and find the real God. Right, right. And yeah. Meet him face to face. Yeah. And you know, yeah. he hear, hears me and, 
and then grow from that and learn that there's nothing I can do to make him love me any more or love me any less. True. I can't, I, I, I'm not that strong. True. So let's talk about, because this is one of the things that I wanted to talk about storytelling that was one of the things that you and i when we had our pre-interview we talked about and i said i want you to cover and you you've laid it out you you start talking about your story so tell us uh i guess what is the i guess the components of a of a story uh and how do we craft our own so tell us some tips and strategies about that well, the number one rule, and, and here's the test, and I'm going to be very vulnerable. You can give me a, a, a well, let's do a scale from one to 10, no, okay. one to five. Mm -hmm. If I did it, then give me a five. Okay, and if it was, okay give me a four. And if okay. it was, so uh, the this, no matter what you're doing, and if you forget everything else, the one thing when you tell a story, mm -hmm. The one essential when you tell a story is you have to not retell the story, but relive the story. Hmm. Interesting. So think about the father and son or the grandfather and son, uh, grandson go fishing. Mm -hmm. And the grandfather comes back and, and they have caught um, two fish this big. So how would the grandfather say they went fishing and they caught two fish? What would he say? Uh, me and my grandson went fishing and we caught two fish. Yes. Okay. Now, how would the grandson tell it? So I put Grandpa helped me get that worm on the hook, and then I, he helped me throw it. I almost caught it on the back of my shirt because I couldn't throw it right. And then we wheeled it, and it was flat. I mean. He's, he's going to relive the experience. Okay. Okay. You see the difference? Yes. So. So retelling or reliving. Yes. So is reliving has more detail? It's got more. It, it's Excitement. More present. Okay. More present tense. Okay. More okay. like it was midnight. Mm -hmm. on a dark moonless four lane okay i'm there mm -hmm. i had a wreck and uh, hit a car and two people died right that's that's telling it that's not reliving it exactly did you now be honest because uh you're actually the first really big public time i've told this story oh i'm <laughs> gonna get better and better and better um did you, could you see the wreck? Could you, did you feel like you were there? Yeah, because remember, I stopped putting myself, yes, I stopped putting myself in that and asking, wow, you know, I'm like, man, I, I never experienced, I wonder how, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of reliving it with you. Okay, yeah, that's, that was the goal. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So the five essential elements of a story, okay, if you're going to tell a story. Number one, you have to have a character. Okay. Somebody or something is the hero. Okay. Um, and and it gets into the, okay, we'll go to the storyline. Okay, character. Now, when you're thinking about the character, if you're writing it, or maybe even as you're telling it, if you're mm -hmm. presenting a story, you want to let people 
see if you don't have a picture mm -hmm. the character mm -hmm. are they tall mm -hmm. are they bald okay do they wear glasses okay do they <laughs> do they uh what is a, a distinguishing characteristic okay he had you know his uh, lip curls when okay. he's about to say, you know, you want to describe your character and help the the listener or the reader see your character. Gotcha. How old are they? Okay. And okay, so character, you have to have a character. Okay. And sometimes that character could be uh, an inanimate object or it could be an animal. But okay. whatever it is, you have to have a hero of your story. Gotcha. And then you have to have a storyline. There, uh, there has to be conflict. There has to be uh, a resolution to the conflict. And a very, very simple storyline, if your, your kids say, tell me a story, tell me a story, tell me a story, or your grandchild or anybody says, tell me a story, then you can use this. Once upon a time, mm -hmm. there was, and you establish your character, mm -hmm. maybe where they were. Mm -hmm. And every day, so you have action, you're, mm -hmm. you're telling more about that character until one day that introduces conflict. Mm -hmm. So you got once upon a time and every day until one day, whatever happens. Gotcha. A Bengal tiger showed up at the school. And because of that, mm -hmm. this happened. And because of that, this happened. So you can build your conflict. Gotcha. Until finally, and then you have your resolution. Okay. The man from the zoo came and captured the Bengal tiger and took him back to the zoo. Now, which, which stage would resolution be? Resolution is until finally. Okay. until finally so you have a storyline mm -hmm. and it could be four sentences okay um one day uh, there was a uh, person that went to church all the time and every day every sunday they'd go to church until one day they realized it was just an action that they were taking and they wanted to understand why this was happening and why things didn't feel right and because of that they started reading the bible and because of that they found john 3 16 and because of that they realized they needed to get right with god and then you have a resolution got it storyline Story. all right uh the next one is emotion okay no, no, wait, that's, well, we'll tell that one next. That's number five, but number, I mean, three, four, but um, emotion. Uh, think about if you're telling an emotion or wanting to show an emotion, um, but what kind of emotion? Mm -hmm. Think about happy. Okay. Well, what kind of happy? Think of some other words that go with happy. Joy. Excitement, okay. excitement, enthusiasm. Okay. Um, what else? Um, fun. Elated. Yeah, fun. Yes. 
what about sad? I mean, sad is just sad, but sad, uh, depressed, um, uh, unmotivated. Ooh, mm -hmm. uh, withdrawn. Yes, yes. Um, resolute. Um, yes. There. So, think about the the emotions, but in how can you? get more specific about each of the emotions gotcha surprised okay shocked gotcha. uh, so those are emotions the one senses now i realize there uh, well there's five senses and thinking about my wreck as i told my story mm -hmm. um Sights, mm -hmm. seeing. Did I describe things I would that you would see? Mm -hmm. Like you described uh, a, a dark road, no no street light. Uh, uh, what about the crumpled soda can? Right. That's uh, describing what I was seeing. Yeah. What about smell? Mm. I think I only have one thing in there that has smell to it. I don't remember. My mom was riding with me. Right. I can still smell her Estee Lauder. Yeah, you did say that. You sure did. Um, hearing. Uh, you heard a, uh, a bam. Uh, yes. And there was a cacophony of sounds yeah. and sirens. So I was hearing that. Uh, I also saw a light. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing I don't think there's anything in there about is taste right but you could be at the beach and and the salt water dripped you know the sweat dripped right. tasted salt, Taste salt. Yeah. right so uh, and then the last element so we've got you have to have a character you have to have a storyline with conflict and resolution you want to include your emotions and your senses and the last one is physicality how, if you are in person telling a story, mm -hmm. now how would it be if I told the story just like this the whole time and I looked up and I saw, <laughs> you want to be yeah. in it. Right. Right. So physical presence, I guess, would be? Yes. Being physically involved in the story and, uh, and looking and, uh, you know, you can, uh, my head hurt, you know, whatever, phys physical. But you also can, um, and another, well, let me just say this other thing, other point. One is show, don't, wait, relive it, don't retell it. And the other one that kind of goes along with that is show don't tell when you're doing a story you want to show and not tell you could say and this works well i guess it works either in person speaking or in the written word you could say the old widow was lonely uh widower Wait, widowers, the man, or, or he was depressed, or 
you could say talking about his physicality mm -hmm. he stood in the kitchen with the that had no smell of it. all right let me think he stood in the kitchen holding the picture of his wife of 47 years as his shoulders slumped and he missed the smell of the frying eggs Mm -hmm. So instead of he was depressed, his wife died. Right. Be well, creative in how you show, don't tell. Well, you you made me think about a saying, and this is a sales saying: uh, facts tell, stories sell. Yes. And so and telling is selling. Right. And so you made me think of, uh, think about that when you when you said that when you said uh, relive it, don't retell it, show it, and don't tell it. And so uh, I, I guess show it. I guess it's why movies are so popular because you showing it and it's a demonstr it's a demonstration and you're showing it instead of telling it. Uh, maybe reading it is one thing, but watching a movie and we know it's cut down. It's not, and they put more in there to make it more interesting. But I guess it's why watching a movie is more popular many times than reading a book of the same topic because you're showing it rather than telling it. If a writer has done their job, mm -hmm. they're not telling you stuff. They're showing, showing you. Okay. They, that's how you can tell if someone's a good writer. Yeah. Because you, they write enough to show you, but give you the freedom to create the movie in your mind. So if you're reading a good story, you're seeing it happen in your yeah. head. Yeah, definitely. So those are the elements. If you want people to listen to what you're saying, tell it so they'll listen. You always have to have somebody that they're cheering for. Who's the yeah. hero? And you have to have conflict that gets resolved. There's a problem. And as you are flushing out that are you using the senses the emotion and the physicality and people will have to listen to you if you're online talking then you look into the camera and reach across the lens to the audience just keep that in mind and I don't know, I know this is a very organic conversation. I don't know how long it was supposed to last, but we've covered quite a bit here. Yeah, we're getting ready to wrap up. Uh, well, we've been about, mm, I guess, about 45, 47 minutes. Uh, but that's how it is when you have an organic conversation and you're just talking and, and a person is listening and asking questions. The, the time just flies and you just don't really know. Uh, but let me, let me uh, say this. Uh, because I do want to wrap up. I try to keep it 30 to 45 minutes uh, because I want to make sure we hold people's attention when they listen. Final thoughts and then tell people where they can find you and connect with you. Awesome. Final thoughts is thank you so much for having me You're as so a welcome. guest. It was my pleasure. And uh, live a life, to live a life of peace, Put your hands in the hands of the man that calmed the waters. And you can 
withstand whatever because somebody bigger is in charge. Somebody bigger. How to find me? It's really complicated. You go to diarby.com. D-E-A-I-R-B-Y.com. That's my website. You can find me uh, links on there, some uh, material I have about building community in the home, in the marriage, in the workplace, uh, links to some books. I've got some on Amazon. You can also, if you want a refresher, you can go to a website called Skillshare and look up the course that I have on there. Tell it so they listen. Five essential elements of effective storytelling. And that only lasts 20 minutes. So <laughs> maybe uh, if they've made it this far listening, they can go back and watch that or watch this again. Yes, but Dia, you know, I really enjoyed your story. Just, uh, you know, you took me on a journey, uh, you know, and, and, and me trying to put myself in there and, and figure out, you know, how you experience it. And then you you really what I think I think one of the biggest tips uh I got was basically the story that you don't want to tell is probably the one that you should make your story. If you've come out as the victor on the other side. Yes, 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 definitely. Because people want to know right. how they if you've got it's you know, challenges are universal. True, true. People will follow and find, listen to someone. And that's right. another way that you're going to tell it. So they listen. They will listen to someone that's been there, done that. True, true. They don't want somebody that's got it all together because they certainly couldn't understand my life. <laughs> true, that's true. So true. So anyway, thank you. And thanks for that feedback. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, uh, everyone, I hope you have uh, listened to this great uh, interview and with uh, Miss uh, Dia Irby sharing her stories, giving us stories, story telling tips. Uh, I really appreciate all my listeners and my audience and my viewers for checking in. Uh, I hope you have a great day and I hope you really enjoy uh, this session. Do us a favor once you uh, listen to it. Uh, please rate it, please download it, please share it. Uh, but everybody, again, Miss um, Dia, Arabi, thank you. And everybody's listening, thank you. Bye. Bye.